On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, INDY. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What is going on, Colts Nation, and welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Well, the Indianapolis Colts sit at 7-4. and four. They play against division rival Houston on Sunday, 1 p.m., It'll be an interesting game for sure down at NRG Stadium in Houston. The Colts right now are three-point favorites in this matchup. It'll be definitely a test for this team after really, I don't want to say an embarrassing performance, but really kind of a gutting performance last week as you lose the division to Tennessee. Colts definitely need a good bounce-back game here. And Derek, before we get into this matchup, really quickly just want to say uh, thank you. Thank you, everybody, who has tuned into this channel. If you like this video, if you like our channel, be sure to hit the like button. And also go on Twitter, go on Facebook, go on Instagram, go on all that those social media platforms and get entered into our giveaway. We are giving away a Colts hat just like this one. I have another one uh, right to my left. So be sure to get entered into that. These hats are awesome. I love it so far. That's a really cool throwback Colts hat, so be sure to get into that. We're going to give away two scenarios, potentially. So either we get to 5,000 subscribers, which hopefully we can, or we're giving away on Christmas Eve. So be sure to get entered into that. Be sure to subscribe to us. We're making the road to 5K, man, and it's really exciting. It's crazy that we just reached 4K, and now we're continuing to grow, continuing to get there, and, you Uh know, they're getting closer and closer every day, so super excited for that. But let's get into this matchup, Derek. Let's talk about it right now. I mentioned Indianapolis goes down to Houston right now. It's three-point favorites. It's going to be interesting. A lot of things to monitor. We'll start here. Before we get into any of the stats in this game, let's start with the injury report, and it's decent for the Colts for sure. So Anthony Walker, uh, rib injury, he's questionable. Isaiah Rogers dealing with a knee, he's questionable. He missed last week's matchup. Corey Willis got injured last week's game with rib injury. Phillip Rivers, we know he's been dealing with that toe injury the last couple weeks. He gutted it out and played this last week. Uh, Quentin Nelson's been dealing with a back injury, it seems like, all season. He's continuing to to rehab from that. He's just played through it. Definitely hasn't been his 100% self, and it's pretty apparent. Brian Kelly also missed last week's action with a neck injury. He's questionable. Zach Pascal has a knee injury. Bobby Okariki dealing with an ankle. He's actually already out of this game, Derek, oh, wow. which I think is big moving forward. And again, it's something to monitor for this game. And then obviously a couple, we'll talk about a couple things, not really injury related because they don't really have, Houston doesn't really have a bunch of injuries right now, but two key guys are out of this matchup. That's for sure. That, you know, obviously Will Fuller missing the rest of the season, got suspended. I think it was PEDs. Yep. Same with cornerback Bradley Roby. So they're out two of their top players. I don't really know if Roby would consider a top player. I haven't really followed the Texans a whole lot, but you know, nonetheless, those two are significant. Will Fuller has been really on a tear recently. So that is big, big news for this matchup. Uh, Derek, do we, let's just get right in, man, to to these uh, the Colts offense versus the Houston offense. Let's just get right into it. The Colts right now coming to this matchup, ninth in points per game. Houston, 17th in points per game. And the Colts also come in 12th in total yards. Houston at 16. 
Here's the big discrepancy, though, a decent discrepancy, I should say. The Colts right now come in as a 21st-ranked rushing offense. Houston at 31st so far throughout the season. Houston's averaging only 84 yards per carry. So certainly from a Colts defense perspective, after getting trounced by Derrick Henry last week, especially with some of the the injuries to their defensive line, this is definitely a much-needed, I don't want to say break, because you can never really uh, have a break in the NFL. It's the NFL, but... Houston's not a very good running team at all. Pretty obvious. It's been obvious this whole year, but Houston is good at passing the football. They are. We know they that always is. will be with Deshaun Watson, but like I mentioned, Will, losing Will Fuller is a big, big loss for sure. I'm curious. So we'll start with just stopping the run. We think it, it might be easy, but what do the Colts have to do, man, to get back to stopping the run? Because it was really an embarrassing first-half performance against Derrick Henry and this, this Titans run offense last week. You know, the Titans were down some players on the offensive line, too, and the Colts still struggled to stop the run. What do they have to do on Sunday in order to slow down this Houston rushing attack? Well, I mean, Eberflus kind of mentioned one thing when it came to how Grover Stewart was lined up in this game. He actually was lined up in the three-tech the whole first half and then moved back to nose tackle in the second half, and then you saw the difference in how the Colts were able to slow down the run a lot better in the second half against Tennessee. I mean, it goes to show you, I mean, it just all depends on the execution of it all, right? We mentioned that a lot in the recap when it came to last week's game. Just execution, execution, execution. We know the Colts' defensive line has enough guys on it to be able to play at a better level than that. And the Texans don't have a running back that is anywhere close to the talent of a Derrick Henry right now. I mean, David Johnson is definitely a talented running back, but has never been able to put it together since 2016. The offensive line, like you said earlier, they're just not built to run block like other teams are. And I mean, that, that Tennessee Titans rushing attack their linemen are much more used to rushing the ball and they're used to wanting to make that contact but I don't think Houston's looking for that but ultimately it's going to come down to the execution of the defensive linemen getting their hands on the offensive linemen and not allowing these offensive linemen to break on these linebackers because like you said Bobby Okariki's out again probably so ultimately here we're going to have an issue with, again, one of the better linebackers on our team not being able to play, and that's going to be an issue, especially when we're dealing with the rush. So when these linebackers are not able to roam free, it ultimately just ends up in a collapsed system because, you know, Darius Leonard and Anthony Walker have to shed blocks now instead of just filling gaps, which is also why the Colts weren't able to stop the run last week because they were trying to shed blocks rather than making tackles on Derrick Henry. So, you know, there's a couple injuries that really will come into play here this week. We all are kind of assuming that Danico Autry is most likely going to be back this week. He was out for an extended period before DeForest Buckner. So we're thinking Autry is going to be back. And DeForest Buckner obviously has a chance to come back as long as they get all negative tests from Wednesday on to game time, then they will be allowed to play in the game. We're just going to have to monitor that. Darius Leonard being back, which is great. I'm sure he's going to be hungry and ready to stuff some guys at the line of scrimmage this week, I'm sure. And you mentioned a couple other guys on the defense that are uh, dealing with some injuries. Card Willis was one of them at the end of that Tennessee Titans game. 
the Colts said that he could have he could have came back in the game if he really had to. So it, it was more of a precautionary thing. So they said that they're pretty optimistic that Kari Willis is going to be back this week. No questions there. Again, it's just going to come down to the some of the some of the lists that we have here with Autry and Buckner. Are they going to be back? That's going to be a huge, huge difference. Will the Colts struggle against the Texans the way they did against the Titans without them? I don't think so. I think the Colts would figure things out. But there's no denying DeForest Buckner and Danico Autry on that defensive line are, are definite, definite upgrades for this Colts defensive line and being able to stop the run and the pass. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. It, yeah, it, it really is big um, to get both those guys back. Even getting one of those guys back would be tremendous for this defense. It'll be worth monitoring for sure the rest of this week on some of those guys' availability moving forward. Hopefully, at, at the very minimum, they can get Autry back. Um, and we'll see about Okariki. We'll see about DeForest Buckner and some of those other guys. But I think the good thing is, like, the Colts really have done a really good job against the pass. Like, they really have this whole season. There's been a couple games that are exceptions. But overall, I feel like they've done really good against the uh, really good against the pass. If there was a game that, like, you want your secondary really healthy, it's against Deshaun Watson in this Houston yes. offense. Yep. And really, besides Corey Willis, who we think is going to probably play if all goes well this week, the Colts don't really have any injuries in their secondary, which I think is big. Yeah. Now, we obviously know about Rocky Sin, had a rough day. The Colts have talked about potentially, you know, having TJ Carey see a little bit more snaps this week, see kind of what happens there. They still believe in Rocky Sin. I don't think there's a lot of people who said give up on Rocky Sin. I don't think that's the move right now. No. I think why would you go and kill a player's confidence? He's a second-year player. He's had ups. He's had downs. Like A couple weeks ago, he, he had two takeaways, like – yeah. Let's not uh, let's not just all of a sudden just say he's the worst player in the world. He's Greg Toller 2.0. He's burnt toast. So that'll be interesting, something to monitor, see how the, the Texans potentially attack that number two corner spot. But really, uh, the Colts have a lot of strengths on this in the secondary. Obviously, Xavier Rhodes has looked really good. Kenny Moore always seems like he gets a sack on the Texans somehow with his cornerback, Kenny Moore Blitz. So <laughs> it, I, I really do feel okay about it, especially without Will Fuller. Like, I feel like the Colts – have a good shot to, to have a really nice day. You know, Deshaun Watson's a really, really good player, though. So, like, he's probably going to have some plays, let's just be honest. But the Colts do. I do feel confident the Colts right now, out of anything, any injuries or any COVID list, really the, the secondary has not been affected. So that's been really good news for this Colts, uh, Colts team going into this matchup. But, yeah, getting Buckner back, getting Autry back, that would be huge to get after Deshaun Watson because you can have the greatest secondary in the world, but if you're not getting after the quarterback – I mean, we know, like, if you're not getting up to the quarterback, they can shred you no matter how good you are, how many pro bowlers you have on your secondary. So let's move on now. Speaking of the past, how do the Colts stop Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson's just incredible. I mean, speaking from a guy who sees him and guys that see him twice a year, like we know Deshaun Watson, he's kind of been screwed over by the Texans organization ever since he's been drafted in certain ways. Really doesn't have great protection year to year. Uh, got DeAndre Hopkins traded away. Uh, now he's missing Will Fuller for the you know the majority of the rest of the season. So how do the Colts get to Deshaun Watson and slow him down and really hold him in check and this Texans passing attack in check here um, and really do a good job against him? Yeah, you mentioned getting pressure on Deshaun Watson, right? Ryan Tannehill is not going to expand the field like Deshaun Watson can. 
and not to mention Deshaun Watson is is very mobile. And, you know, with that offensive line the way it's been this year, still the same old story. He's getting sacked a lot of times this year, not a lot of pressure. And that is one thing we absolutely have to get. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Matt Eberflus mentioned it in his press conference that said, well, we didn't get a lot of it last week. Well, yeah, Matt, we need to definitely see a lot more pass rush. And if that means sending five or six every now and again, please do it. Because if you allow Deshaun Watson to sit in that, in that pocket and pick apart this defense, trust me, he will. Trust me, he will. It doesn't matter how good the secondary has been. You said it, Cody. If Deshaun Watson gets time and he has the ability to go and just throw it everywhere he wants to, He's going to do it, and he's going to put up 350, 400 yards on you because that's just the kind of quarterback that he is. Now, I would love for them to start sending some more blitzes. One guy that we know that can blitz on the Texans quite often and makes good plays on Deshaun Watson when you get pressure on him is Kenny Moore. I mean, outside of T.Y. Hilton, who's pretty much established himself as the owner of NRG Stadium at this point, Kenny Moore is about to start taking that reign because – He's had multiple game-stealing plays against the Texans over the last couple years. So Kenny Moore needs to be involved in the blitzes. Darius Leonard, let that man continue to be blitzed. That guy just loves to go after the quarterback. He can get after the quarterback too. Please do that. Again, it also, again, goes back to whether or not DeForest Buckner or Danico Autry play this week. If Autry plays this week, that's great. That's another defensive lineman that's been great at the pass rush this year. Would love to see him back out there getting those snaps. And, you know, you said it. Will Fuller out for the season. That's huge. That's huge. That's their number one receiver. And you said it. Over the last couple weeks, he has been balling. I don't know who the Texans played last week. But Fuller had himself a really, really good game in that in last week. So you have to really take advantage over the fact that now DeAndre Hopkins is out of the division, and now their number one receiver is gone, and also Kenny Stills is gone too. So really, the Texans don't have anyone at that at, at receiver. You have to be aggressive. This is the time where you can now be aggressive because there's almost nobody on this on this Texans roster that screams vertical threat. Oh, we're gonna beat you deep. There's not one. I mean, is I mean, I don't think Randall Cobb's not gonna do anything. Brandon Cooks might be the exception, but the man's probably gonna roll his ankle in the first quarter and then just not play the rest of the game because that's just ultimately what what happens every time he plays. So. I mean, this is the game where the Colts need to get aggressive. Keep everything in front of you. Play play short because ultimately there's no deep vertical threat with this team and you didn't get pressure over the last couple weeks. You need to start doing that now because you start facing these really good quarterbacks and you keep letting them have all the time in the world in the pocket, it's just not going to work out in your favor, especially when you are missing guys like Bobby Okariki. That's where this hurts. That's where this hurts. Bobby Okariki is our best coverage linebacker outside of Darius Leonard, and who knows who might end up getting hurt during the game and stuff like that. You know, Rhodes was having an issue last week during the game where he had to come off for a couple plays. Like you said, Rocky Sins had a little bit of a 
a struggle this last week. Hopefully the Colts don't abandon hope on him. I don't think they are. But you, like you said, man, Deshaun Watson, a different kind of animal. But right now he's in a situation where he's not going to have a lot of receiving options. So please, Colts, dial up the pressure. Let the, make this guy get make this guy very uncomfortable, and plays will happen for you. Yeah, and I think the big thing, Derek, that the Colts did a horrible job at last week was turnovers. They got no turnovers last week, and Houston comes in as the twenty-first ranked team in terms of turnover differential. I mean, they're negative two right now. The Colts set up plus five. So the Colts got to get some turnovers for some this game and not turn the ball over themselves. And, and I guess that can lead us into the offense now and Phillip Rivers. So, you know, Phillip Rivers right now, he's he's looked pretty good the last few weeks. He's had a few dumb boneheaded plays, but overall I felt like Phillip Rivers, it hasn't been his fault. He hasn't been the reason like he was early on why the Colts haven't been in games and haven't won games. I mean, I feel like Phillip Rivers has done his job pretty decently. He's had some moments, though, where it hasn't been the prettiest, like I mentioned. But nonetheless, the Colts right now are still really good. Uh, They're top 10. They're number 10 right now in passing yards per game, a 265. And we know, obviously, with Bradley Roby being out of this game, that's big. And the Colts really can potentially expose this Houston secondary. It feels like they do it every time they play them. So, and also throwing the fact that T.Y. Hilton just had a breakout game for him, his first touchdown of the year. So he's feeling a little bit more confident. We already know what Michael Pittman can do. Trey Burton's having some good games. Like your receiving core is healthy. Your tight ends are healthy. We don't know about Jonathan Taylor. Probably won't play in this matchup if I'm guessing, but still. Well, no, no, that's not true. That's not true. As long as he turns up negative the whole rest of the week, then he's fine as well. And remember, be, he's never tested. Huge. He's never tested positive, not once. That they would be only huge said they only said that as long as he continues to stay negative, then he'll be allowed to play. So okay, well, that's yeah, great. So that's out of, great news. Out of the three people that are on that list for the Colts as either having it or high risk, Jonathan Taylor, I'm the most confident in that will play this week. Well, that would be a huge boost. I mean, yeah, we talked be. about it in the post-game recap. At one point, the Colts had one healthy running back on the field in that <laughs> game last week. Yeah, so right. you definitely need to get him back, that's for sure. But this Colts passing attack will most likely be missing Anthony Costanzo. That's a big loss at left tackle. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they, what they decide to do. I know there's been some discussions about, well, maybe Quentin Nelson moves to left tackle and Danny Penter plays left guard if, if Ryan Kelly can go, or maybe Braden Smith plays shifts over to left tackle um, potentially and fills that role. I don't know exactly how I feel about that. There, do you have a preference, like the offensive line you would like to see? Say Costanzo's out for this game like we think he probably will be. Uh, it's not pretty, but what would you say you want to see right now combination-wise for this Colts offensive line? Uh, you know, I mean – I'm really not confident in any kind of lineup that we can put where, you know, their backup is in. I mean, you know, the Raven Clark didn't do terrible last game, but obviously the first couple possessions, he was not good at all. There's a lot of times where he gets beat off the edge and you have to know JJ Watt is certainly going to try to take advantage of whichever tackle is not playing in this game. I mean, the only issue I have with the argument of Quentin Nelson moving to left tackle is, well, here's one thing. You already have Danny Pinter playing out of position, right? Because he's never played center a day in his freaking life. 
when, you know, we don't know like what's going to continue of that. Now the Colts are fairly optimistic that Ryan Kelly will play this next week, which if he does, that would be huge. That's great to hear, but, but then you move Quentin Nelson. So, Quentin Nelson's now out of position. I don't care how great he is. He's still now out of position. And Danny Pinter's now in a position that he's not played before at guard. So, like, so like, why? Why? Why would you move two guys out of position when you can just try to keep one? I mean, you can isolate the one. You can help on the blocking circumstances with that by adding a tight end to that side that you try to help or tell Quentin Nelson to provide help on the outside. You can do things like that. You can scheme to help whichever tackle you end up needing help with. But I just, I'm not in favor of saying, oh, well, let's move our best lineman over to this spot that he's never played before just because we think he's better. Not to mention, we you just said it earlier in the podcast, Quentin Nelson's dealing with a back injury. He looked terrible yesterday in pass protection. He looked terrible all game yesterday. It just seems like his back is getting to him more and more every week. And so now we want to put him out of position where he now has to move even more with that back? No, that is the worst thing that we could possibly do right now in this situation. If you want to move Danny Pinter out to tackle because you know Danny Pinter has played tackle in college, go right ahead. Danny Pinter um, in the game against Tennessee actually had some very decent uh, pass protection Granted, he was on the inside, but he was pass protecting very well. And if I had to put my money's worth on it, make Danny Pinter play tackle. He can't be any worse than freaking LaRaven Clark. He can't possibly be any worse. I just, I just don't, I'm not in favor of saying, well, we need to move our best lineman out of his position because, you know, we don't know what we need to do at left tackle. That's not Quentin Nelson's fault, and that's not. The coach's fault. I mean, that's Ballard's fault for not getting more help uh, at the left tackle position over the offseason. And, you know, we haven't had to worry about that except for this moment right now. Costanza will probably be out two to three weeks. Who knows how long? We have already said how important the left tackle position is in the draft or the offseason this upcoming year. So, I'm not in favor of moving guys around on the offensive line. If I had to, I'd say if you're really that high strung on trying to find somebody, just make Pinter go back to tackle. I know he's not played left tackle before, but he's played tackle. He knows how it works. Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm not a big favor either of of moving guys around when, you know, out of their natural positions for a couple of weeks, like just like you said, like I, you know, Dan, I know left tackle is huge. We, we can't understate that. But like, like you said, Danny Pinter has more experience at guard than Quint or at tackle than Quentin Nelson, uh, than, you know, left tackle than Braden Smith. Like he does, he does. He has good experience at tackle. He was, you know, played that at Ball State. So I definitely could see that ha- potentially happening. Um, you know, Danny Pinter, I, I saw some critiques of him. I thought he had an overall solid game for never playing center before. Um, and the biggest thing is just his frame. And we talked about that in the off season. That's what Danny Penter even said when we interviewed him earlier on, right after he got drafted, he said, I need to put on some weight. I want to get bigger. I want to make my frame bigger. 
But all things considered, he's a very athletic guy. Yeah. And that's what you need at tackle. So I definitely think potentially that could be a solid move, moving him over to left tackle. And that was a great thing, too. In the Tennessee game, on the few runs where we actually got some good momentum, Zach Hicks did a film review, and Danny Pinter did a very good job of getting to the second level when he was run blocking. I mean, Danny Pinter, like you said, he's very athletic. He is a guy that can move. He's used to that. And for somebody that's undersized for the position, he held his own pretty well. He got bull rushed pretty hard by some very good defensive linemen in Tennessee. So, I mean, I'm confident in saying just make Danny Pinter do it if you're that upset about LaRaven Clark. I mean, honestly, could it be any worse? Could it be any worse? Yeah. Yeah, I probably would do that too. I mean, quite honestly, like you said, like, LaRaven had some okay moments, but, like, I'm not confident in him for two or three weeks. Um, I don't know why the Colts appear to be confident in him. He's really given you nothing to show confidence in. Um, I'd rather go with Danny Pinter, who I thought had a lot better game. Uh, he, he doesn't have any experience. Like, LaRaven Clark's been in the league, what, four or five years now? Like, he has a ton more experience than Danny Pinter. And Danny Pinter, I thought, played better given the circumstances. So, yeah, I definitely would consider that if I was the Colts. Don't move Braden Smith to left tackle because then you have a hole at right tackle. Don't move Quentin Nelson to left tackle because then you have a hole at left guard. Like, you just can't. And and at left tackle, too, because who knows if Quentin Nelson's actually going to be good at left tackle. Right. Just because he's good at left guard, amazing at left guard, does not mean he'll be great at left tackle. Right. It doesn't mean that at all. Yeah, so that's probably the biggest question mark quite honestly, that we have going in is what is the offensive line combination and how the heck are we going to block J.J. Watt? Yeah, I think exactly. that's fair to say. I mean, he's, <laughs> yep. he's a beast. He's on a different level. Uh, to answer your question earlier, the Texans beat the Lions on Thanksgiving. That was their last game. So, I mean, it's the Lions. They just fired their coach because of that. So, <laughs> But, yeah, we can move on now. Now, the Colts have had great success this year in terms of what they said they wanted to do and really, like, league-wide, like, They're 21st right now in running the ball. That is not great. But potentially getting Jonathan Taylor back will be huge for this matchup. He's only a couple weeks removed from almost eclipsing 100 yards for the second time this season. I thought Jonathan Taylor's looked a lot better. He's gotten more patient with his runs. He's broken a lot more tackles, too, which is huge. He was really struggling early on to do that. Um, Using his strength, his size, his speed, all that to his advantage. What do you think the Colts need to do to really expose this Houston defense you know, they obviously lost DJ Reader, Jadavian Clowney. J.J. Watt's really the only guy on that defense that really is of note. I mean, they got yeah. Ross Blacklock. They got yeah, some of Blacklock, those guys. Yeah, yeah you, I, mentioned, yeah. you mentioned some of the main guys, Jadavian Clowney and DJ Reader. Those were their run stoppers. That, those were the guys that made the Houston Texans such a difficult team to run the football against. Obviously, J.J. Y. helps with that. Of course he does. But he's only one guy, and he can't shift the entire defensive line all by himself. But D.J. Reader was a force in the middle, and D- Jadamian Clowney is a great uh, run defender off the edge. So you now lose both of them, and you now have Blacklock, who is a rookie at this point, and – he might be good, but he's still a rookie. You know, if you can take advantage of those mismatches in the middle, then the Colts really should have no issue running the ball against this Texans team, who is one of the absolute worst teams in the NFL at stopping the run. I mean, their linebackers uh, are of no help either. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, the reason for his success now, what we've seen from him the last couple weeks, 
is now that the the preseason games that we called it the first like four or five weeks of the season, those are gone. He's basically gotten the experience under his belt, right? He now just looks more comfortable behind this offensive line. He's just now more sure of himself, and I don't think he's hesitating as much to find a hole. He now just – he either creates his own hole or he just picks a hole and says, screw it, I'm running through it. I don't care what it happens, I'm just going. And, you know, for a guy at the size of Jonathan Taylor – you can have that mindset just to say, okay, I'm going to hit the hole, just do it. And then most of the time when he does that, he can turn a nothing gain or a one-yard gain into a three- or four-yard gain because just of the kind of running back that he is. So that's what's great about Jonathan Taylor, and hopefully we do get him back because it adds another element to this offense for sure. Then we won't have to rely on Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines running the ball all the time. And then we can get back to using Naheem more in the pass game. And Wilkins can obviously provide some rushes in the second half. There should be no excuse not to run the ball on this Houston team. I don't care where J.J. Watt is. I don't care what lineup we have at offensive line. You add tight ends to help counterbalance against J.J. Watt and then run to the opposite side. I don't care. You need to take advantage of the rushing attack this week. This is the one game where you can actually do that because we know Houston is not very good at stopping it. Yeah, that's going to be huge for this matchup. Bernardrick McKinney is one guy that I want to talk about, though. He's a pretty good – he's good at stopping the run. So he's a guy the Colts are going to have to watch out for. Yeah. But, yeah, Houston's not great against stopping the run as well. So I guess that'll do it about – I mean, obviously we got Rigoberto Sanchez being out. That's a big loss on the special teams. But hopefully Isaiah Rogers will play our kick returner. He'll help us out in the special teams department. And we'll see who the Colts punter is. I mean, we haven't officially signed a punter yet. So uh, the Colts have a few options. And if you guys haven't checked out that video, be sure to check that out as well. I made a video, posted it earlier on Tuesday. So be sure to check that out. But Derek, before we wrap up this, give me your score prediction for this game. I expect this Colts defense to get a little bit more back to its original ways. I expect to be a lot better than giving up 45 points against the Tennessee Titans. I think that the Houston Texans won't be able to move the ball through running the ball like Tennessee did. No way. I expect the Colts to keep David Johnson under 100 yards this week as they've done for – every other running back besides Derrick Henry this year. So I, I expect the Colts to come out firing here. I think the Houston can put up some points, but I think the Colts will, you know, come in with a better sense of purpose here. They know their season's on the line now. Their backs are up against the wall. I think they're going to have confidence, and this could be a game here too that could mean a huge difference if the Colts can win this and the Titans somehow lose a couple games in a row. It can make a huge difference. So I'll I'll go with the Colts winning 30 – I'll say 30 to 23. 30 okay. to 23. One score game. Gotcha. It'll be pretty high scoring for both teams, but I think the Colts will figure it out again in the second half like they normally do against the Texans and we'll be able to pull away late. 
I'm going to go 35-17. I think it's decently close, but yeah, I think Houston's going to, a lot of their points are going to come in the first half. They're probably going to score <laughs> maybe 14 of those 17 in the second half. That's hilarious. The first you, half. Said, you said decently close, but yet we're beating them by double the score. Well, in the first half, it'll be Okay, okay. Close. All right, all right. You so said I think the decently will be up close. Like, I just wasn't sure. The Colts will be up like three or a touchdown or something like that. So it'll look close. And then the second half, the Colts will just come out and do what they always do in the second half. And Houston won't be able to move the ball at all. And the Colts will continue to score. I think 35-17 is my prediction. I mean, and bro, you look at Frank Reich's record off of a loss. It's really, really good. Like the Colts always seem like they they come and they play their A game the next game. After games, they realistically like should have won. They come out, they just really thwomp teams. Like we've seen that this whole year, like, Jacksonville lost. Embarrassing. Colts come out and they just wreck the Vikings. Um, we just saw it with Baltimore. You know, the Colts go out and they win the next matchup as well. And then, you know, just a couple other games. It seems like the Colts just continuously do that under Frank Reich. They're motivated. They're ready to go. So uh, I definitely think that they have a good opportunity to do that. So, Alrighty, that'll wrap up this podcast, guys. Thanks so much. Like I said earlier in the video, if you're still here, be sure to get entered into our giveaway to win a free Colts throwback hat. These things are very comfortable, so I highly recommend you get into that. Um, we're going to give it away once we reach, reach 5,000 subscribers or by Christmas Eve, December 24th. So thanks, guys, so much for Derek and myself. And as always, go Colts. Yeah.